You should be able to hear this. Log Talk Radio. Yeah. Like this. Yeah, this one. There we go. This is all about wine. wine. You can hear that? Yes. Oh, you can't hear it. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay, here we go. Uh, Oh, uh, places, everybody. And... Roll it. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. And more friendly. From coach to coach and around, and the, around world. the world. You know, we really have had some, some big people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebcr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebcr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Let's hear it. Give it up, as they say now and all the time. They don't say, oh. you know, clamp or anything. They always say, give it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nuts. you want me to, maybe I can, oh, you don't want me to add that to it. Okay. Let me check. No, no. Uh, I don't want you to add, give it up. Yeah. Stream, stream to uh, start, start show. Let's see if that works. Oh, no, of course. Error occurred still. So I put the custom, are we on? Oh, we're on. We're on. Um, is this on? This, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Uh, we are on... Uh, that doesn't make any sense. We are on Blog Talk Radio as of now. Um still working yeah. on the other two, so give me a... Right. I don't understand I'll why. That's amazing. So you do your thing. <laughs> it is yeah. 7 o'clock. Eastern, well, actually 7.02. Why is my... Why is my Fitbit watch two minutes behind the computer? That's odd. Okay, we are live, 7.02 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on December the 8th, 2022. So if you're listening to this now, welcome. If you're listening to this in archives, welcome. Mike is busy trying to get us connected with Facebook and Spotify and everything else that he does. And for some reason, Spotify. Wow, that's a new one. I should try that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are trying to get the little hook while he's doing that. Let's see. Is there any anything new and exciting out there in the wine world? Yeah, there is. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulled out a thriller with Tom Brady last Monday night. If anybody happened to see that, they were behind 16-3 to with like four minutes left, and they won at 17-16. And twice in his career, he has came back from a deficit of 13 or more points, and that was one. And the other one was the Super Bowl, where they came back and beat Atlanta, uh, the New England Patriots. So, but they won, and let's see, what else? Oh, World Cup. Yeah, we got to mention the World Cup also. The United States lost, 
in a thrilling battle, if you call soccer thrilling. I am not a soccer fan, so I do not call soccer thrilling. But for those of you who are soccer fans, the United States lost the Netherlands in a thrilling battle, three to one, and they're out of it for this one. Oh, oh, I'm echoing. Okay, You're there, echoing? So. I did oh. that time there. I thought maybe you hit something and caused me to echo, but it stopped yeah, now. I'm not hearing it. Um, but United States, because if you're a host, you automatically get into the World Cup tournament, and we're going to host it, I think, in 20... What was that? <laughs> <laughs> we're on the... We're, st- we're st- we got the stream going. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't realize that out loud. Uh, if you're just joining us on on Twitter, Facebook, um, what's the other one? And uh, YouTube. What's it? What uh, Mixcloud? Um, I'm sorry about that. It was just it, I finally got stuff. It was an to. announcement. So we're back. You did it. We Yay. are streaming. All right. <laughs> yes. So, all of you. Sorry about the little <laughs> yeah. delay there. Uh, we had some technical problems, which. When you're live, yeah. you expect that, and we had another one. Yes, but there we go. Uh, World you. Cup. We uh, we are hosting the World Cup in what 24, 25, 26, something like that. I don't know how often they hold it. I, it's an odd thing here. I mean, it's not like every four years or every three or anything. It's just odd how they do the World Cup. But the United States is hosting it. And when they do that, they get an automatic bid into it so they get to play again. And all those who are in the know say the United States is really improving in soccer. So, hey, good for them. I'm not a soccer fan. I did read something uh, that was hilarious. It said, I'm not a soccer fan. If I want to watch a bunch of men running around the field and not scoring, I'll just watch the Denver Broncos. And I thought that I thought that was really funny. But I just wanted you can substitute Yeah, really. Uh you can substitute any of your teams in there. But um uh, you know, it's uh we got some surprises in it and all that. Uh I don't know. I think Brazil and Argentina are still in it. There are strong ones that always tend to do well. And uh then uh, I don't know who else. I don't pay, like I say, I don't pay much attention to the World Cup. I just, I, in fact, I haven't watched any of it except highlights just to, when somebody scores. So, um, okay, let's see what else we got going on here. Went to a festival, uh, Tampa Bay, or a Tampa Cigar Festival last Sunday which was really, really a lot of fun. I met, if you remember the program we did with the guys from Cigar, uh, Mike, Cap, Phil, I think, was part of it, and so was Craig. Uh, They all uh, did the Cigar Show, and you can go back in the archives and check that out. I met Craig at Tampa Cigar Festival. And it was really, really a lot of fun. Craig does a blog, Cigar Craig. And if you are anywhere as interested in cigars, he does a great blog on Cigar uh, Cigar Craig. Plus the other guys, too, Kaplowitz uh, and uh, Mike Weinstein. He does reviews on cigars attached to Cap's 
page and stuff like that. So these guys are very big into it. But Sunday we went to it, and I met up with Craig, first time face-to-face. And we walked around, and he introduced me to a lot of people in the cigar industry and all that. And introduced me to one guy who was really into wine before he got into cigars. So we had a very good conversation about wine and some of the wines that he used to do and when he started getting to cigars the pairings of wine and cigars that he used to do and all and now he just basically cigars he's not as much into wine but he was california and a lot of napa and sonoma he said that he does recommend if anybody's going to california to uh, avoid napa because it is became so what was his word? Uh, oh, I can't think of his word, which described it quite well. Oh, 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 man. Oh, I'll think of it. But he said the Napa's came to the point where it's just it's expensive. It's a tourist area, and the wineries are nice, but it gets so crowded. And if you're going there, don't even attempt to try it on the weekends. Try to keep it in the middle of the week. And some of the wineries aren't open on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And so you got to be sure you know what days you're going to be showing up. And uh, the cost, the tastings now are not free in Napa. They Everybody charges, and it could be anywhere from $20 up to 150 and even more. Uh, some wineries have what they call flights. You can get yourself... Uh, certain tastings, say like three whites in a flight or three reds or however they do it. I don't know. It's, um, but you need reservations most of the time. If you can call ahead and make reservations, it's best. Or you can drive through Napa and look at all the wineries and look at all the vineyards and then cross over the mountain to Sonoma. And that's really a good way to do it too. Visit the wineries in Sonoma. Or if you really feel like riding up and it is a beautiful trip on up to Mendocino County and watch uh, check out the wineries there and see what all they have to offer and you're starting to get in the redwood country and see some of the big trees and stuff so I'm not promoting California particularly uh, but uh, Napa is Napa so if you ever get an opportunity do visit it at least once in your life I've always tell people you know you have to visit Napa at least once. It doesn't mean that you have to stay there or anything, but at least you can say, I've been to Napa. And, you know, people used to come in the winery and go, I've been to Napa. And I said, good for you. I said, have you ever been to Sonoma? No. Have you ever been to Paso Robles? No. Have you ever been to Livermore? No. But I've been to Napa. Oh, okay, good. Um, well, You know, it's just like Disney World. you got to go to Disney World at least once. But once you've been there, you've been. You know, and so it's not... Something you yeah. go to, yeah. You know. Where was uh, where was the uh, cigar festival held? Was that in Ebor or, or Ebor. someplace else? Yeah, yeah, it was okay, in good. Ebor. Uh-huh. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they blocked off uh, a couple three blocks there and uh, right next to the a trolley uh, station. Yeah. That's and, uh, Seventh Seventh uh, Street or Seventh Avenue is that main drag where you yeah. just go basically bar to club to bar to club or whatever. It's it's uh, it was it's they an amazing did it place and two blocks hmm. two blocks well ace no was it eighth street they blocked off or, or no seventh street is where they do all the stuff yeah 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's where the parade is, too. Gasparilla and all yeah. That. Ninth Street, I think, yeah. is what they blocked off completely. Is that everything? Wow. You know, they blocked off Ninth Street. Mm-hmm. And it was like for a, a two-block area. There's a little park right there. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, had a, a band at the park, a, a multi-gender band. And uh, it just they did all sorts of stuff, and they had uh, all sorts of cigar company representation stuff, and they had uh, uh, food trucks, and uh, they had a T-shirt which was really cool, which um, Craig bought one. He also bought a tea towel for his wife. Same thing. It had a picture of a rooster on it smoking a cigar, which was really, really sort of cool. Um, and for those of you out there in the listening world, Ybor City, and it's spelled Y-B-O-R, is pronounced Ybor. Ybor City used to be the cigar capital of the United States uh, back at the turn of the century. It was extremely busy for cigars. They had, at one time, over a thousand different little cigar factories there in Ybor, uh, in the area. And it, they used to make cigars for the whole world, hand rolled and all that. And that was where they, everybody would sit around and roll cigars. And then at the front or the middle or wherever they happened to sit, up on a higher perched chair, there would be a guy sitting there reading the newspaper or a book or whatever because they didn't have radios. And so... To entertain them, he would read the newspaper to them and then a novel or something like that. And that was uh, part of the one of the jobs as a uh, in these different factories, cigar factories. Now, J.C. Newman is restoring one of the buildings. Uh, really nice too. He's he's put a lot of effort into it and put some money into it and he's restoring it to its former glory. They do roll cigars there now. And I found out, which I didn't know until Craig told me because he went on a a tour to see it, but up by Claremont, which is located, what, Mike? uh, Oh, God. It's uh, up 27... Uh, yeah, how far from Tampa would you say? Oh, uh, it's not a hundred. Maybe uh, fifty, sixty miles, okay. possibly okay. seventy. Yeah, it's up by. It's just about 50 even in, with uh, Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, west of Orlando, off of State Road fifty, quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, between yeah. <laughs> uh, between the. I-75 and and Orlando, just about in the middle there. But uh, there's a 10-acre tobacco growing farm there. And I never knew that there was tobacco being grown in Florida. And so they have, there's a 10-acre tobacco farm there. They do two crops a year because they are able to because of the weather in Florida. So they're able to do two crops a year. It doesn't freeze. I guess freeze has an effect that they can't grow or something. I don't know. I'm I'm not that familiar with tobacco. But there's actually a tobacco farm uh, in Florida. So I thought that was interesting. Wow. 
And uh, they said that uh, they have trouble getting labor because picking and doing it is, is intense. It's hard work, and it's also somewhat of a skill to pick the right leaves at the right time and all that. So, But uh, interesting. The whole thing was an interesting uh Interesting day, really was a lot of fun. Uh, I thank Craig even again uh, f- because I realized that if I went there by myself and I didn't meet up with Craig, if I'd went there by myself, I would have just wandered around, looked at the different cigars and different booths, and it's spent a, maybe it's kind of like kind of like visiting a winery or visiting a vineyard and just. You know, oh wow, this is good. Oh, okay, this is you know, this is interesting. You're, you're browsing, but when you have someone guide you through it, like he did, I mean, that's like like a personal tour guide or somebody who has a you know that kind of knowledge. Uh, that's incredible. What a great uh, it was. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, makes it totally different. He, um, he introduced me to a whole bunch of people in the cigar industry, and he said, "This amazing. is Ron. He's part of our group, and he also has himself a, a wine show on Thursday evening." So he. You know, he, mm-hmm. uh, everybody introduced, you know, always said something about the wine show. So it was it was fantastic. Yeah. Like you say, you know, it, it was really special since he was there yeah. to uh, show me around to stuff always, and all that. Uh, meet up with the locals, uh, you know, when you're visiting a place, if you can meet up with a local who knows the places and the history, and uh, it's, it, you learn something totally different than going and just, you know, being a, a sidewalk uh, tourist or something. I, I don't know how hey, else to say it. Um, yeah, but, totally yeah we understand what you mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, the, uh, it, it, you're absolutely right. Um, and I remember uh, you were talking about the history, and I used to do uh, history tours on a, a charter bus through Ybor City. So I, I oh, had to you? learn. You know, yeah, I had to learn about uh, Don, Don Vicente Martinez de Ybor the founder, yes. how he came yeah. up to America and, and all this and, and, you know, got his, his crews together and the tunnels that went out to the, um, to the water uh, down right. there uh, so they can, they can pull the tobacco uh, off the boats. And, and uh, yeah, there was, there was the history there and, and the building, the architecture that some are still standing is just incredible. I mean, it's oh, very it historic down there. Um, yeah. Um, oh, a uh, quick shout out. If I may, if I may, uh, Adrian, uh, says hello, and she said uh, the Hunt kids are listening. So well, welcome to the show, and thank you for tuning in. Yeah, yeah well, really. We we have to say, say say welcome to the show. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Know this. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. No, we uh, uh, the, but the Ebor is just uh, another thing about Ebor that's really cool is the fact that they have chickens wandering all over chickens and roosters and it just seems like there's more roosters than than hens but there's chickens everywhere and they were they were started a long time ago and it has been a very contentious existence for them there because they try to get rid of them and then the people screamed and complained that was part of the heritage and the city said yes, but they are messing all over the place. And the people screamed. Now they are protected. You can't mess with them. You oh can't God, harm them. They are protected. Yes. There's there's it's a little sign. It's not part of the heritage. It's part of the heritage. It's dinner. It's supper. It's, it's dinner. 
Yeah, it's, it's chicken it's nuggets. Birds. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, that's what it is. Last chicken year nuggets. there were two hundred. This year there's yeah. there's hundred and eighty after last year. Yeah. <laughs> the numbers are dwindling. Uh, Protect them. Yeah. Don't do anything. That's their dinner. Yeah, they're, they're they're protected now. You can't harm them. You can't mess with them. And they are everywhere wow. now down there. And we, the I've cigars, never huh. yeah, the cigar show, we're, we're walking around and, and there's chickens, right, amongst all the people. I mean, they're all wandering around there and everything, and they're, they're right there uh, among the people yeah. and, and all that. And in fact, hmm. uh, Craig thought it was really funny. He turned around and here on top of a tent, there was a chicken uh, sitting on top of a tent. And he took a picture of it. He must have taken like 20 pictures of chickens and roosters. There seems to be more roosters than hens. But yeah, it's uh, they're protected now. You can't can't do anything to them. So uh, yeah, Uh, but they're they're all over the place. Um, Oh, I guess if the hunt kids are, are listening, I can put a shout out to them holly and tyler and charlotte thank you for listening and uh, well, uh yeah <laughs> i didn't know these people i don't know where those people are they're not in my room they're, they are located north of atlanta oh and, i was talking about the audience but really oh, the audience? wow oh, yeah they're in north um, of atlanta in a little town called dacula so oh uh, i know dacula yeah you know dacula? okay I've been, yeah. yeah, I've been to I've been to Dacula, I've been to Woodstock, I've been to um, uh, Royston. That's northeast Royston, uh, Livonia. Uh, yeah, been all over that. Uh, yeah, Why the are first you time so I went up there, I was with with that? because well, first off, I used to live in Athens. Um, oh. I lived in I lived in some little podunk town uh, close to that. Yeah, yeah, I've been up there, and I used to go to Georgia all the time, and that part of it. So uh, Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge, Georgia. I went skiing there. Their imitation snow. Well, actually, it was it was real snow. It was in Blue Ridge, uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia. Rented a cabin and went to snow skiing. Actual snow. Um, wow. It was it was a yeah. You never think, but uh, yeah, it was Not a great time. Yeah. Um, Kennesaw, uh, Kennesaw, Woodstock. Um, oh wow, what what else is there? Oh, Kennesaw. Uh, that, that's familiar. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah, there's there's all kinds of places out there. Yeah, all, all over. Yeah, yeah really. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, my engineer okay. just brought me in a wine for this evening. It is Noble Vines Collection. Uh, yes, pop pop the cork on this. It is. <laughs> let me read you the the label here. It says the legacy of the world's noblest wine. Uh, oh, vines is written in numbers. These numbers identify superior wine stocks that produce exceptional wines. And this is a 337, whatever that means. California Cabernet Sauvignon, 2017 vintage. And the back of it says 337 Cabernet Sauvignon, Noble Vines. Uh, behind these red numbers is a noble legacy. Cabernet Sauvignon 337 vine stock originated at the great chateaus of Bordeaux, France. Esteemed by nobility for centuries, 
Certain superior vine stocks have proved their exceptional quality over time. Noble Vines takes the best of these vine stocks, identified today by number, and cultivates them in California. With its rich, full-bodied cherry and blackberry notes and suave tannins. Suave tannins? I never considered tannins to be suave, but I suppose. Noble Vines Cabernet Sauvignon 337 displays the traits that have earned this stock its noble reputation. Pair with ribeye steak, roast, chops, or sliders. Uh, noblevines.com, N-O-B-L-E-V-I-N-E-S.com, noblevines.com. And it has a little sticker on here, and this is why I bought it. It is sustainably grown. So that is, uh, what does that say, family sustainably You know, sustain, family sustainability, sustainability quality on that sticker. 14.5 alcohol, vented and bottled by Noble Vines, Mantica, California. So, there you go. Let me uh, let me do a sip of this and give you a quick report on what I think of it. Oh my gosh, it's got a great Cabernet aroma. Cabernet is so unique in its aroma, and you just you, it just jumps out at you. A bit lighter than I expected. No, uh, aroma. Let me classic Cabernet aroma. A little bit. suppressed I think maybe maybe the wine needs to open up a little bit we'll do that while I'm talking here um, during the show we'll see what happens but I'm getting a little bit of raspberry in this not a lot some blueberry Suave tannins might be a good description. It's not overpowering. You can detect the tannins in it, but it's not an overpowering tannin taste. It's there, but I think a nice balance. I wouldn't want to age the tannins out too much on this because I've always liked tannins, and I don't want to age it out. Uh, For those of you who are into the legs in the wine, it doesn't have a whole lot of legs for some reason. At 14.5% alcohol, you would think that it would have a little bit more, not a lot of tannin in it either, so that's not... Hmm. Overall, very pleasant wine. I hope we didn't pay too much for it. I don't have a price on it. I'm, I really should start sticking the prices on these if I'm going to pass this on to you, but a very pleasant wine. A, a little bit lighter, I would say than what you would expect in a cab. It's lighter in the color. It's a nice garnet color, though. I mean, it's very, very nice, but it's not real dark. And it's 
got that classic Cabernet aroma, which I like. I mean, you know, the little blackberry, blueberry, raspberry that you get in the nose is a plus, but just the basic Cabernet aroma is always exciting to me. And then the, the flavor, like I say, is good. The finish, the aftertaste, uh, again, a little subdued, uh, not coming out a lot. I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to see if I, hmm, little, little, well, I don't want to say disappointing in the aftertaste, but it, I would hope that it would be a little bit stronger in the aftertaste, and it's not, so, but pleasant wine. Uh, Noble Vines Collection, 337 Cabernet. And so I will continue to enjoy this during during the show. I also will let it sit here for a little bit, let it air out a little bit more. We didn't put a aerator on the pour spout. A lot of times my engineer does, and but she didn't do it this time, which tends to add a little bit of air to it, open it up a little bit more. So there we go. Okay, so we've talked about all sorts of stuff here for the first half hour and nothing about wine. Cork Hounds. Cork Hounds is a nationwide search engine that helps dog owners find dog-friendly vineyards, wineries, meaderies, and breweries. So if you are a dog owner, and you're listening to the show, so you must be a wine person, go to corkhounds.com, www.corkhounds.com, corkhounds.com, and you can find where there is friendly, dog-friendly wineries, meaderies, breweries, and vineyards. And uh, it, we were always pet friendly at Florida State's Winery. Uh, we, in fact, we, I, I lost, I lost a customer because we were pet friendly. Uh, I had a lady in there one day, and she, uh, she was tasting, and she, that was her second or third trip. And a person came in, poked her head in the door, and said, "You pet friendly?" And I said, "Yes, we are, as long as you're leashed." And so they said, good, and they brought their dog in. And the dog just sat on the floor right next to him. He didn't bark. He didn't do anything. He was just, he was a, a good dog, a good boy. And she bought her stuff and emailed me and said, since you allowing pets in the winery, I will never come back. And I wrote her back and apologized and said, we've always allowed pets in there. And I said, I really am sorry that you have that attitude. I don't think I wrote attitude, though, because I didn't want to do anything to upset people. But go to Cork Hound and Hounds with an S and see if the one you're going to visit is pet friendly and you can take your uh, 
dog to it or even asked if they're pet friendly for anything else. We've had some strange animals that people brought into the winery. It was, it's, we had a lady that brought in a skunk. In fact, the skunks are pretty cool because whenever we did uh, our festivals, there was always the Pasco, Pasco County Skunk Rescue always showed up to the animal fundraiser that we did once a year. They always came out. But uh, really cool little animals. Some states do not allow you to own skunks. Florida is one of them that lets you own a skunk. But uh, a lot of states don't. It's against the law. And there's, I don't remember how the law is broken down now. I'm trying to remember something that I used to do, you know, over six years ago, seven years ago. But the the law states you can own one type of skunk, but you can't own another type. There's a couple, three different types of skunk. They're all not the same. So it's just like turkeys. There's different types of turkeys, wild turkeys. Same thing with skunks. So lady came in with a skunk. Uh, you know, a couple of people came in with snakes. Uh, and these aren't during festivals or anything, but these, you know, people come in with snakes. And uh, people would come in with their, their teacup dogs uh, quite a bit actually because it was really popular back when the winery was open they still are but not doesn't seem as much but we were always pet friendly uh one lady did come in one day with a dog and i walked past them about three feet from them and this dog went ballistic snapped at me and barked and growled and all that i went oh my god it scared me it really scared me and i jumped back and i I said, geez, I said, what's wrong? And she goes, oh, it always acts this way. I just wanted to see how it would act out in public. I said, well, obviously not well. Would you please, you know, take it back to your car or something? I don't want you to, you know, don't want to bite somebody. But she brought this dog in that she knew was not friendly, basically, and wanted to see how it would act. Well, geez. So, corecounts.com. Check it out if you want to want to follow up on that. Uh, I haven't talked at all about the fest uh, well not festivals the holiday the grape holidays that have been going on this month. Uh, December the first was uh, Marin Marin Thin Fig. Uh, no, Marinthitical Day, which is a grape. It's a Greek grape. That was a designated day on the 1st, which it's a good thing. I didn't tell you because we don't know how to pronounce it anyway. But this last Sunday was Cabernet Franc Day. And there are actually festivals around the country for Cabernet Franc Day. So we missed it. Sorry about that. But coming up on Saturday, the 10th, is World Azu Day. That is from the Toke region. Uh, and it's a sweet wine. So you go to your local wine shop and pick up a bottle of Azu or Toke and celebrate it this coming Saturday. And in case I happen to forget it over the next couple of weeks, 
we have on the 20th Sangria Day. And so you've got all sorts of different ways to make sangria. I had a person tell me that they were in Spain. I can't remember the name of the town, but it's supposed to be the original town where sangria was made. And they said that you'd go down the street and you'd see a bar and there'd be a sign hanging outside, the original sangria. And you'd go two doors down, there'd be another bar and there'd be another sign, the original sangria. And they said you'd walk all over town and you'd see these signs sticking out every bar, the original sangria. So, and they said that they tried, you know, four or five of them and they all tasted different. So, you know, what is original, what isn't, who knows? I don't know. But Sangria Day coming up on the 20th of Saturday, World Asu, Asu, that's A-S-Z-U-S-U Day. And today's the 8th, which is National Brownie Day. So have yourself a Cabernet Sauvignon with a nice chocolate brownie, and it's a great combination. Uh, National Lager Day is coming up Saturday, so if you want to put down the beer and have yourself a, a lager, then you can do that Saturday. Gingerbread de- uh, Decorating and Eating Day is coming up on the 12th, which is Monday. Uh and Tuesday is National Cocoa Day, also National Cream Cheese Frosting Day. Huh? Cream Cheese Frosting Day. I don't know. And uh, let's see, what else? There's uh, mm, International Tea Day and Lemon Cupcake Day is the 15th, a week from today. So that's what what we got over the next week. There's uh, other stuff, too, which is not wine day. National Alabama Day is the 14th, and World Coral Day, C-H-O-R-A-L, of course, you know, is coming up on this Sunday, this Sunday. And then I saw this here, which I thought was interesting. The 16th is Las Posadas. P-O-S-A-D-A-S, Posadas Day. This is held through December the 24th, and it's a Latino religious festival in which participants gather to mark Mary and Joseph's search for an inn on the night of Jesus' birth. Hmm. They gather to mark the looking for an inn. It starts on the 16th, lasts for a week. Wow. And then the 18th Hanukkah begins for all my Jewish friends out there. So that's what's coming up on the next week on that stuff. And I, let's see, let me put that away. Let me put that away. And Wine Spectator came out. You got your newest issue, Mike? I don't. Uh, oh. When did that come out? I got mine oh two three days ago. No, I haven't. Yeah, definitely not. Haven't seen it yet. It um, says on the cover is a hmm. glass of wine. It says wine of the year. 
No. No, I haven't gotten no. any, uh, not, uh, not in the past few days, I guess. It's not yet. Oh, well, well. Maybe, maybe it today. is. Yeah. The new issue is out, and I just want to hit on a couple of things that they always do here, and I didn't mark it. Sorry. I should have put bookmarks in it like I usually do, and I didn't do it. Uh, top 100 wines they have in this issue. Uh, it's obviously Wine Spectator's choice, but these people are pretty knowledgeable. So the editors reviewed more than 8,800 wines in blind tastings during the past year. Nearly 60% of those are 5,147 and all rated 90 points or higher. And so to find the top 100, they started with those that rated 90 points or higher. Average score was 93 points and the average price was $63. There were 17 wines costing $100 or more. So more than half the wines are priced less than 50 with 29 coming in at $25 or less. So they didn't, you know, weren't major snobs. But when it comes to Napa Valley, Cabernet Sauvignon is king, but entering the Cabernet Sauvignon kingdom comes at a price. They said typically most lofty. Most top ballings cost 200 300 500 or more. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry, but that is just ridiculous. I, <laughs> I'll get on a soapbox and start decrying the dumbness of that. $500 for one bottle of Cabernet. You know, most are single vineyard wines and select cuvées that total just a few hundred cases each, making them as difficult to find as they are to afford. But their wine of the year is Schrader Cellar's Cabernet Sauvignon Oakville Double Diamond Vineyard 2019 Vintage. 10,000 cases were made, 94-point rated by, well, obviously Wine Spectator, and it's only $80, which is reasonable, okay? I, I'm not going to complain about an $80 bottle of wine if it's as good to be picked as the wine of the year. Uh, that's not bad, but uh, still, you know, they... Uh, they get a little bit ridiculous. It comes uh, Schrader Cellars, one of those wineries whose top bottling checks in at $475. Come on. Give me the justification to charge $475 besides the fact if you only make, you know, a thousand cases and and it's really good and it's just a scarcity of it and all that. But, you know, $475 for a bottle of wine, that to me, yeah. All right, I won't go squawking anymore because you know how I feel. That's and you know I I justify a lot of costs on wines, but I just can't seem to justify that much money for a bottle of wine, no matter how good it is, and especially you know just over-the-counter type wines. These aren't ones that have been aged for a, a long time. These aren't ones from uh, the uh, 
great Bordeaux vineyards and stuff like that, these are Valley wines, and it's just, um, well, again, I will get over my soapbox on this and just, you know, pass by. They also have a big article in here on Bubbly's, uh, Domestic Sparkling Wines. Uh, they raise, raise the bar on what's being done in California on domestic sparkling wines. Uh, and they got the some articles here talking about it. And they also are talking about the Big Smoke Whiskey Fest. This is being held at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. Right here in, in the home state. The Big Smoke Meets West Whiskey Fest. It's incredible cigars and whiskeys. Enjoy a wide variety of whiskeys, collect 20-plus premium cigars. Learn more about these exceptional cigars and whiskeys from the cigar makers, whiskey distillers, and other experts who will be in attendance. So there you are. If anybody's in Florida or wants to make a trip to Florida to visit this, I highly recommend it. And I highly recommend it because if these people are there, they're probably rolling cigars, and which is really interesting to watch which is, it takes years of experience. I saw him roll some cigars at the Festival Sunday, and I've seen him before. We've had, um, who was it, Arturo uh, Fuentes out at the winery rolling cigars for us uh, oh, a number of years ago. And it was fun to sit there and just watch him roll these things up and all that. But... A festival like this, whiskey and cigars, is sounds like a, a wonderful thing. Uh, the, uh, don't be dipping the end of your cigar. You're smoking into the cigar into the whiskey. That is not cool. But the Whiskey and Cigar uh, Festival in Hollywood, Florida, on March the 4th. Uh, on Army Day, March 4th. Uh, and let's see what else. There's but interesting issue of Wine Spectator. You should be getting it soon, Mike, if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah it could yeah. be. It could be in the mailbox. I just haven't checked it today, but yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it yet, though. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Wine of the Year, though, is... Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, $80. It's good for Wine Spectator to do that, I think, instead of picking one that's obscenely priced. And some of them are obscenely priced. Uh, Okay, let me pop over here and pick up a few things I'm going to tell you real quickly here. Before, oh, wrong one. Uh... All right, uh, I was just looking at these. Uh, let me just give you some highlights here. And uh, California is putting a lot of money into wildfire mitigation and re- reforestation. And there is also a big movement to try to stop it. If they want my advice, which I guarantee you they do not, 
but if they want my advice, they need to go back to the controlled burns that they used to do many years ago. All over California, not just in the winery areas. Many years ago, they used to do controlled burns. They would go in and burn the underbrush and keep the underbrush burned down and all that, which is good. Fires, basically, fires are good for an area, but they would burn their underbrush and it really, we never heard of the wildfires like we do now. But California's budget and California not having the money could not afford the controlled burns. So they cut back on areas that they could cut back on, and that was one of the areas they cut back on, the forestry division and the controlled burns. They are now, and they have been for the last five or six years, paying a severe price for their lack of controlled burns. So if you want my advice, go back to your controlled burns and get that stuff, get that undergrowth controlled and all that. That'll help a lot. But they've... They're it's uh, they're looking at having a goal of two million dollars to help wildlife and reforestation in areas there. Younger generation, what do they want from wine? Well, they tend to be sweet, uh, and, and you know that's what this article says here. It's uh, they have uh, done surveys and all that and they constantly are doing surveys trying to find out what people want and, and how how it uh breaks down all that uh but the uh gen the baby boomers 55 and plus and gen x which is 40 to 54 uh, they say that these two groups account for 73% of wine drinking population and 66% of total spending off-premise, not in bars. And it says they have routine purchase patterns at entry and mid-price points. And they said the Gen X, the ones 40 to 54, are more willing than the boomers to trade up and buy a little bit more expensive stuff. And then you've got the... Uh, Gen Z and Millennials. Gen Z is 18 to 24, and the Millennials are 35 to 39. And they said that they account for like 26% of the regular drinking, um, but around half, 50% of the total spent in bars, pubs, and restaurants. So they will spend more while they're out. Um Wine drinking population, boomers, 55 plus, Gen X, 40 to 54, millennials, 25 to 39, Gen Z, 18 to 24. They missed a group. In, well, no, they didn't. Everybody's there. But uh, the uh, boomers and Gen X are still the ones bringing in the money for wineries and wines and stuff. And the millennials and Gen Z, uh, is tending to go uh, sweeter style of wines, uh, rosés, sparkling wines, and stuff like that. That seems to be the area. That might change, and actually, more than likely, it will change. I don't see someone staying with that always. They'll probably start going into the 
you know, different wines and drier wines and trying different things. But, you know, the gateway wines are usually, people start drinking wines, the gateway wines are usually the cheaper ones, or the sweeter ones. So that's what happens. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, okay, this page I think is done. Let's go back to this one here. Uh, let's see, Garden State, where was that? Well, nope, this, isn't, this isn't the one I want here. Well, what does this say? Freak Frost hits Argentinian vineyards and Mendoza area declares an emergency. Uh, they call it a black frost. And it says it damage to a lot of the Mendoza wine region uh, because it was so heavy and it, the plants were out. And Argentina is south of the equator, so I think their season is opposite ours. So we're going into winter in the dormant states. They're coming out, and they probably had bud break and and. Uh, Heavy frost has to be really bad for them. Uh, so that Argentinian wine just might be more expensive this next year because of that. Uh, we'll see. And let's see here, Garden State on this one. Uh, well, where's that? It's kind of just the one I want. Nope, this isn't the one I want either. Jeez, why is my numbers off here? Uh, California is set to increase the global market share of wines. Uh, oh, this is it. Uh, direct-to-consumer shippers from Iowa, they are dropping the bond that you have to carry to ship directly to consumers. So therefore, it's going to open up Iowa wineries to ship to people a lot easier instead of having to have the bond that was required in the state. And so that's a good news for for Iowa and for Iowa winery fans. Uh, they'll be able to ship to you cheaper. And so that's good. Price of imported wine in Japan has hit a new high because the yen is so weak. Uh, not just against the dollar, but against everything. The yen has uh, has fallen quite a bit lately, and because it is so weak, they have not been able to the prices down on everything. So, all right, this is uh, Garden State. Uh, okay, here we go. Garden State, which is New Jersey. Uh, I'm sure you know that. Uh, Garden State Wine Growers Association announces a New Jersey Wine Week, which is November the 14th to the 21st. Guess what? That's next week. They have special events going on throughout the state. The Governor and First Lady is going to honor New Jersey's wineries at the Governor's Cup Celebration. Uh, Tennessee Avenue Toast in Atlantic City 
Cheers to New Jersey wine toast across the state with visitors. And the full list of winery events will be displayed at, I guess I should put that on our our Facebook page. I will do that uh, after the show. Uh, It's NewJerseyWines.com slash events slash category slash NG-Wine-Week slash. So I'll copy and paste that on our Facebook page. To learn more, you can sign up for the GSWGA in the Vines newsletter. I don't know what GSWGA stands for. What does I didn't see that anywhere here. Oh, here we go. Garden State Wine Growers Association. And it's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So New Jersey celebrating a wine week here. And they have a passport program. Um uh, the, to advise to advance agri tourism and consumption in New Jersey, uh, the Golden State Wine Growers Association developed a mobile app and passport program, making it easy to discover New Jersey wine country and experience all of New Jersey's wine trails. The Garden State is home to four thriving American viticulture areas. Uh, our AVAs, the Cape May Peninsula AVA, the Outer Coastal Plain AVA, the Warren Hills AVA, and the Central Delaware Valley AVA, which is shared by portions of eastern Pennsylvania. And uh, vineyards and wineries may be found in each AVA with trails and festivals and events throughout the state this week to celebrate the Garden State Wine week so good for them uh i usually catch that stuff too late but i caught that one just in the perfect time uh sustainability okay i think that's it on this page let's go to the next page and oh yeah this is uh this is something you might be interested in you i know you like this show and we have been rated very highly over the years but there's a new show out uh, by Wine Spectator called Straight Talk S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T Straight Talk and it's hosted by James Molesworth and it says he shares never before heard conversation with Wine Spectator editor and publisher Marvin Shankin and others uh, it's just one of the things that he does, but it's, uh, they have, there goes my wine. She's taking it. She does that to me. Um, uh, the, uh, straight talk has podcasts on every week. Uh, the straight talk podcast, the episode two is out now and I'm sure episode three, uh, is, yeah, episode three has hit. Um, so these are just uh, things from Wine Spectator magazine, and uh, it's free. There's no cost. Uh, you can go to winespectator.com slash podcast and uh, listen to the episodes there. 
I listen to one of them. Interesting. Uh, they do a good job. Not as fun and interesting as Mike and I are, but still, it's interesting. So uh, check that out. Straight talk. Uh, just again, winespectator.com slash cast. And let's see, uh, December 15th is going to be focusing on champagne. So that's the next episode coming coming out. It's going to be champagne. So fantastic! That uh, it's it's good. It's a a good listen there. So check that out. And let's see the next one. Uh, I want to let me. I know it's eight o'clock, but I want to get these these out of the way because there's just little notes here and there. Uh, Okay, Holiday Wine Trail Weekend is coming up also in New Jersey. They've got a lot of stuff going on for the wines in New Jersey. Uh, Argentina, inflation finally has come to a halt. Wow, inflation is running rampant down there. It's outrageous, but it's finally under control, which means that Argentinian wines will probably be cheaper for us which is a good thing. So uh, just let you know, if you're into Argentinian wines, which they do a great Pinot Noir. If you've never had an Argentinian Pinot Noir, you are missing out because they do great Pinot Noirs. I don't think I've really had a bad Pinot Noir from New Jersey, or New Jersey, from Argentina. So check that out. And then, again, another thing here at... Uh, about New Jersey. So, uh, and let's see, let's go into the next one here. And this is, uh, oh, wrong one. Uh, Colorado wine and grocery stores on the brink of becoming a law. California has not been able to have wine in the grocery stores, but Proposition 125, also known as wine in grocery stores, appears headed to victory. So, in fact, the ballots should have all been counted and that probably should have passed. So, uh, some of these things, and catching here. Let's see what Napa stopped. What did, oh. oh no 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 well hmm. maybe that was down here a little bit more. Oh well. I lost that one. I can't find it. Okay, let's look at this next one here. And autonomous robots are helping modernize grape and the vineyards and picking and everything. Uh, you may see robots running around vineyards if you go visit some of these wineries, um, Napa, Sonoma, and stuff like that. It's the, They're trying it more and more, and it's starting to work because it's saving them labor costs, major labor costs. Uh, they won't replace the workers, but uh, 
at least it's something to help them harvest and pick and all that. So they're giving it a try and seeing what they can come up with by using robots in the uh, uh, vineyards. Okay. Uh, okay, this is done. And let's go to this one. And flooding in southeast Australia it could hit the wine production down there. They've been having a lot of flood damage and all that. And it could affect the yield of the vineyards, which in turn could cause higher prices for Australian wines from that region. That's why I pass this on to you. If you're a fan of certain areas and stuff like that, then you know, it gives you a chance to look forward to the cost and uh, all that on there. Okay. Uh, New Jersey. You know, I think I might have clicked off that link that I was going to put on here. And, well, I don't want that. Uh, I might have clicked off that link of the New Jersey wine. Hmm, I think I did. I can't find it. Oh, well, sorry. Um, let's see, younger generation. Is, where is that on this? Uh, no, that's flooding is done. And let's do one more here. And I think uh, be finished. When this is turn time, I uh, the younger generation. I told you about them and how that is affecting it. And so, okay. Well, I covered one to one to cover here. So very good. I'll see if I can't pull up that link again, but hmm. no, that's not it. So I'll see if I can't pull up that link again for you. If I can, I'll post it. If I can't, you won't see it. Let's, before we go, <laughs> yeah. let me, this wine has been setting here for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, the aroma is coming out a little bit better. Not a whole lot, but it is coming out a little bit better. Uh, color. I poured more wine in the glass than I should, but then it darkened up the color when I'm looking at it, though. Still a nice garnet color. Oh, very good. A little bit more of the acid is coming out in the taste, but it's a nice balance. Tannins tend to have... Well, they're coming in late. So I told you the aftertaste was not there earlier. It's in there now. This thing just needs to open up a little bit. It was... Wines need to do that. They need to open up and breathe a little bit to give them the character. You just pop open a bottle of wine and pour yourself a glass and start drinking it. You may find all sorts of things about it that you're not real thrilled. Let it set and aerate or pour it from one glass to another uh, or 
decant. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of decanting. I'm more of a fan of just swirling it, and and you can pour from one glass to another. That's going to aerate it. That's going to open it up, and that's going to bring out more of the flavors and taste and stuff like that. So this has opened up. This is nice. It's, it's got some good flavors. I'm getting a little bit more of that acid on there than I want, though. I think it's because the tannins have dissipated a little bit and it's bringing out the acid. But a very good Cabernet. Uh, it's got some nice flavors and nice Cab aroma and, and a classic Cab taste underneath it all. Don't get me wrong. I just I, I like the Cab taste. But that little bit of dark berries, blueberries, blackberries comes out in the taste also, not just in the aroma. Yeah, very nice. So, uh, she took it, so my engineer came in and took the bottle, so I repeated to you, but I don't have it. So, uh, nice wine, though. And we're done for this week. We have a guest for next week, I hope. I say that because mm-hmm. I can't find a link, uh, but I will. And uh, getting on, Doug is our guest for next week. And... Oh, no, is it Doug next week? Yeah, uh, Doug is next week. This Doug is week. Yeah, yeah. Danielle's the week after. So I will I will find Doug and the information for him. And as always, Mike will get it posted up. And so you can take a look at it. So tune in next week for our guest. And we're done for this week. Yeah. Next week, December 15th. Thank you all for uh, tuning in and uh, for the chat and everything. I really appreciate it. And um, have a great week and a safe weekend. And um, we'll see you next Thursday. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe. Make sure that's not running. And that worked? Yes. There we go. I was on the wrong page. This concludes tonight's broadcast. You what? I was on the wrong page. I no. <laughs> okay. Not not important. Uh, yeah. Okay. Start it over. <laughs> All right. Restart. Well, restart. Uh, we'll just pick up here. Here we go. All About Wine with your host, Ron. Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. That's right. Drink responsibly, yep. and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All about wine. That's the end. That's the end. And the green room. And the green room.